Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to the latest Everton Fan Focus podcast with me, Mark Ellis, and Mark Finnegan. On tonight's show, we're going to be looking back at Everton's game against Manchester United at home and the away, uh, the recent away trip to Aston Villa, amongst other things. In what has been another interesting two weeks at Goodison Park. Mark, so uh, looking back, uh, if we can go back two weeks ago, we played United at home. Um, fantastic result. What was your thoughts on that game? Well. That's it. It feels like we've been through the motions in the past fortnight, hasn't it, yet again? Yeah. Since we last spoke, which was to preview the United game, a lot has happened. Um, not all of it negative, thankfully. No. But um, starting with that United game, it was it was a real it was a real spectacle, as, as sad as that might sound. We haven't had many results to shout about this season, but in some ways, it's, it, it just felt like... I don't know, the paramount of our season, as good as it's going to get, beating a big side like United and, and beating them comfortably, really, didn't we? Yeah, it was what it was. It was like, we need, I, I said before, the game our season needed like a signature moment just to sort of give any hope. You know, for next season, we just had a season, a non-entity season, didn't we? You know, the game against an informed United, they were, they were, you know, we're not just getting results, but I think their, their play was improving as well. Yeah. Um, I really rolled back the clock, 12 months and, and pulled up a great performance against United. It was, you know, got again that the possession was overplayed in the media, saying no, you know, United dominated. But it, we did exactly the same last season. We just, it was a deliberate tactic for me, wasn't it? That's it. I think we changed, changed our style, and um, Roberto rightly deserved praise for that, and and he got the plaudits because we did. We we sort of sacrificed our passing game and control and possession. Um, for a bit more direct and let allowing United to have possession, but obviously Lukaku came back in, into the uh, into the fold, didn't he? Yeah. Which was a boost. Osman returned from injury. The sun was shining, and everyone <laughs> everyone seemed like it was up for a good party. Good. It was good to see everyone like sort of up for the game. I agree. Um, the game sort of, you know, it was from the way it go, wasn't it? We just looked a different team. I don't know, you know. We go back last week with Villa and, and what what happened there, but against United, it just looked like, you know, a corner had been turned, and you know, Everton played with a great intensity from the start. I hate to sound like Roberto, but they did. Yeah, you know, they attacked the pace, didn't they? With pace, it was it was nice um, to keep the the unbeaten run going and, and such emphatic style and. I think with a lot of our home games recently, we've took an early lead, and uh, it was the case with McCarthy with yeah. his goal, and he's been he's been like a changed man in the past month or so. Maybe not so much against Aston Villa, but he put us in the lead, and it was a it was a deadly counter attack, wasn't it? After five minutes, and free flow move that 
McCarthy finished and he finished well. I, the finish looked, you know, first of all, I've got to apologise. After the game, I, I, I really laid into McCarthy because I couldn't get over how poor he was. Called him overrated. It was clearly not meant. Uh, he is a great player. Is this, a, is, is this a retraction of your Twitter a com- comments? Is a it? complete retraction. Yeah, I got I got the most negative response ever on Twitter from you. So. You upset your fan club, didn't you? I, they did. You know, I lost a few, <laughs> lost about six followers, I think, for that one. No, knee <laughs> jerk. But it was total knee jerk. Yeah, the guy. But it, you know, his goal against United. I thought it looked simple, but it was really fantastically taken gold, given De Gea's form as well this season. You know, he, he finished it well, didn't he? Definitely. And I mean, obviously, United were caught napping, but I thought the way we broke Coleman, um, yeah, he summed up how he's been playing in recent weeks, really. He got forward at pace, obviously tried to put Lukaku in. It did fall kindly to McCarthy, but... You know, it wasn't just a, a simple tapping or anything like that. Far from it. He had to get past two defenders and beat the keeper, which he did. And it was a great the start that we all wanted. And I think after that, if, if there was only one way the game was going to go, really, even even if United did have possession and hold of the ball for long periods, yeah, uh, you, you'd always felt that Everton weren't going to sit back and defend the one 0 though, were they? No, we, we gave the sort of cold spring impression, didn't we? You know where. We did it last year and United you know, simply didn't learn that they, you know, we just waited and waited and waited, let them have all the ball they can want, uh, they, they could have, and we just sort of attacked at will. And it was, you know, we never sort of sat back, did we? You know, we did sit back, obviously, but it, it was always with the dormant intensity to go, at, to go at them again. That's it, and I think after taking the early lead, United did come back. Obviously, there was that Fellaini chance, wasn't there? Yeah, that, if that goes in, that. Yeah, if that goes in, the, the game um, the games itself... Could pan out differently, but as it was, he fluffed it, and we all thought, "Hang on, this could be our day." Yeah. And thankfully, it did turn out to be our day. We kept going. I think we deserve praise for that. But it was after I think it was half an hour or thirty-five minutes we got our second, and again it was a, a fast attack from Everton. Yeah, Coleman involved again, but what a ball from Aaron Lennon! I don't know if you remember it, Mark, because it was two weeks ago now. <laughs> it was that turn where he, he was in his own half. I yeah. think he was in his own half, and he just it was a defence cutting ball out to the right, and then Coleman obviously uh, he won the corner from that. That's right. Yeah. So, That's sorry, right. I've confused you there. Yeah, by saying so that. I thought it was a free fall attack. I'm sure he's going from looking. No, I that know was the build mean. up. The, the build, build up was magnificent. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And that Lennon again, you know how impressive has he been since he signed? I think to me, you know, it wouldn't. It sounds ridiculous. I think Stones and McCarthy will, will be running in runners for the player of the season, but I think we've been that poor. I think Lennon could be right up there in contention. He's been his attitude has been first class. Put it this way, but the season was an, another couple of months into June or July, there'd be no question that yeah. Lennon probably get it, but he was the one who was involved in setting it up and then it was successive successive corners. Yeah. I think it was three, wasn't it? Three corners, yeah. And uh good uh, John Stones got off the mark for the blues, didn't he? And it was great to see Baines put in a couple of really good deliveries as well. They were all testing, they were all probing. And yeah, Stones. Like, like Garbutt esque. Garbutt esque, yeah. yeah. And yeah, Hinchcliffe from esque as well. Um it was great, you know, Stones, have you ever seen a goal more gleefully celebrated than that it was brilliant to see you could see what it meant it's sort of how, how any one of us would react if we scored the good sitting each United it was you know there's a guy with all the talent in the world okay he's young and you know and he has got uh, stuff to learn and all that but you know he could be a future England captain for sure couldn't he it's like, it's like that sort of 
feeling when you get when you, it comes to five o'clock on a Friday and you know you've got 20 cans of lager in the fridge <laughs> and your bird's got steak on the go it's like you walk out and you think you're on top of the world but there was some there was there was some great pictures of it of Stone yeah. celebrating and that and you could tell he's a he's a well-liked lad at the club as yeah. well um, but we're gonna, gonna come back to John Stones later because we we could probably talk all night about him, couldn't we? Yeah, but to be said about the goal, terrific towering header. Oh, I mean, yeah, you know, could it's have, done well, didn't it? Could have uh, blazed that over or, or flicked it, just flicked it on, but he aimed the goal at, and I think Young couldn't stop it on the line, could he? You know, that was it, and in the back of the net, and yeah. great time to score again, and obviously uh, 10 minutes before the break, we found ourselves 2-0 up, but it wasn't like it was just, you know, we, we did soak up a bit of pressure and possession, but I thought we were good for the 2-0. Yeah, it's not like we hit, we just hit them on the counter and it was against the run of play. I I thought we were all right for the two 0 at half time. I agree. We weren't under any sort of um, sort of heavy amount of pressure from United. Were we? You know, they probed. But for me, it was you know, for taking. I want to have a word on Rooney's performance. You know, I just think that guy does not try against Evan the Goodson Park. I've seen it. You know, I've seen him score. I've seen Goodson Park. But he, this his whole body language, his demeanour. It's like he he. It sounds bad because he quite clearly does try for United, but I think something gets in the way when he plays out at the Goodson Park. Definitely, we've you seen know. him be the be- the outstanding performer for United over recent yeah. years. You know, even through the, the time when Moyes was there, Rooney's the type of player he's that talented and he, he will graft all day for you. But yeah. against Everton, I agree, he was lacklustre, wasn't he? he? Didn't look that interested. I no. thought even if he thought he, he knew he was up for a battle with Jack Yelker, who is apparently his mate. Yeah. And uh, Stones, who you know is just in a class of his own now. So yeah, I completely agree. But there was others, wasn't there? Fellaini, look at he got. He yeah, got, I think the, the occasion got to Fellaini as well. I think he was, you know, you know, let's Fellaini's done well. He had a really bad season last year, and he, he was a bit of a clown, wasn't he? United as well, and he, so he's wanting to prove a point against his old club, as you would. But uh, I just thought the occasion. So he was like um, Coney and. Um, Away at Swansea. at Swansea, he was that kind of loose cannon, wasn't he? He just looked like he was going to get sent off. Well, he got the early booking, and then Van Gaal took him off at the break, yeah. didn't he? And I think a lot of us were probably um, not happy to see him go off, but unsurprised really because he's been United's best player. Exactly. Yeah. Falcao came on, but um, we made changes of our own in the second half. It was much of the much of the same, wasn't it? United saw a lot of the ball. They huffed and they puffed. Um, yeah. Falcao did come on and. He had a goal disallowed, a few a few half chances here and there, but there was nothing major, was there? I mean, we made a change. I think it was 60, 60 odd minutes. Yeah. Morales came on for Osman, who looked absolutely knackered, but he just returned from injury. Yeah, he? and he played a pivotal role in, in getting us the 2 0, hadn't he? You know, he, he calmed us down and got us playing as well, you know. Definitely. That's the only thing I ever say when I see Osman play for Everton, but he has, you know, he has been a key asset for us the last few weeks. Um, but Morales came on. Um, and, and instantly looked up for it, didn't he? He did. He did. And it was a bit of a luck, really, with the Barclays ball over. He was obviously trying to put Lukaku in. This, I think, it was five minutes after Morales yeah. had came on. Uh, Morales, credit to him, he carried on going, didn't he? And uh, you'd always fancy him in them yeah. one-on-one situations, don't you? He's, he's clinical in that. It was a classic Gladys Street goal. That was Mark. The way you know, there was just everything you'd want. You know, he went clean through. He gave the goal in the eyes and stuck it in the other corner. You know, yeah. it was a proper confident finish from, you know, guy, you know, let's not, we've been banging on about Morales for most of the season, his attitude, but 11 goals is an excellent return for someone who's had so many injuries and dips in form and, you know, it's, he's done well really on the goal return, hasn't he? Definitely. I mean, I've, I've openly criticised him and I, I, 
I, I won't change my views that I do think he, he will go on and yeah, his, his heart's not in it but we all know that the quality is there um, I'm not saying I'd like to see him leave Everton but I just think it's inevitable that he will but he's, he's definitely quality in front of goal and it seems like he, he misses a couple of games he starts a couple of games and then he comes off the bench for 20 minutes yeah. and others. there's never like a, a level of consistency with him I don't think I've ever seen him finish a game either Mark it's like no. I don't know what the, what a, I don't know what to do. He doesn't ever seem to be fit, 100% fit, does he? So he's always taking precautions or, like you say, starting on the bench. Yeah, frustrating really, but yeah. he, he, he took his goal well. United obviously fell asleep for that, and that was game, set and match really. And to be honest, Morales could have made it four with that sting and effort just moments well, later. Great effort, that was going right into the post and stamp, wasn't it? And De Gea showed us why he's, why he's one of the best keepers in the league and got to it. Right, but apart from that, there was much to shout about. To be honest, in terms of a United comeback, I think Chris Smalling had it flashed ahead, and that was saved. Um, yeah, the Stones, Jagielka, Coleman, Baines, and Howard—they were all solid all afternoon long, yeah. no, weren't they? I thought it was Howard's best performance of the season. To be honest, he, he yeah. didn't have me. He normally has me in a sort of Paul Gerrard state of, of panic when he's playing, but there's no. He looked composed. You know, picked up on his recent form and. and he delivered the, I think the most solid performance he has this season against United which is never a bad thing and what about Gareth Barry too he was an absolute masterclass yeah. I thought for brilliant him and McCarthy him and McCarthy yeah. was fantastic yeah given I think him McCarthy and I like to say Lennon again because I just think he has such an influence on us going forward definitely and going back as well he's chasing back as you know, it sounds negative but he's, he's incredible at that as well definitely and it was it was you know I walked out of walked out of the ground and came away and there was a few United fans having a bit of a dig saying oh, how many league titles and how many European Cups and all this, a few kids, but really it was Everton having the last laugh. We're embarrassed, United. And yeah, yeah, we're nowhere near them in the league, but it did, it felt like it was it was good to have a sort of spring in your step coming away and we'd reached the heady heights of the top ten as well. <laughs> At least for a week. <laughs> the first page on 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 the on the on the yeah on well, the on the league table. Well that's it, I mean so <laughs> how long, so how long have you looked at the league table and you've had to wait for the second page to load up? I know, I've only just took the sort of fingers away from my eyes when that table comes up, but you know it's stuck until May to get there. So I think West Ham were, were having the season of the lives. West Ham were winning the league about after the ten games, weren't they? You know? They were having the season of the lives and now we're in three points of them and I know It sounds ridiculous, I do find it crazy that we're that close. I think we're above West Ham. No, no, um, oh, no lost they won the weekend, they weekend won, yeah. so yeah. if we would have called it this a week ago, we would have been even more optimistic. I'm still in United past tense, not, not Villa yeah. past tense. But obviously, <laughs> with, the, with the Everton good comes the, the Everton bad. We have to concentrate on the Aston Villa game as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the smile's just wiped right off my face from yeah. the United game. But the, this is it, the highs and lows that we're talking yeah. about here. It probably sums up the season, doesn't it? It does. How can a team who's just been United 3-0, a team full of confidence like United, that would have given most teams a massive shot in the arm. And yet we turn up at Villa, I don't know what he's doing with the team again, you know, he's changing the sides, but we looked unbelievably shown of confidence. We looked like we did at Stoke, arguably. I mean, I don't know what goes on on that training ground all week, Mark. We look, like a, we look like a quiver and wreck, and, and yeah. to me, echoes of what Newcastle are going through now. I you agree, know, yeah. Devoid of all confidence, devoid of all leadership. And, no creativity, no sort of um, ambition or positivity of mind. scared stiff, to be honest. And we did, especially in that first half. Yeah. Roberto can say what he wants about that second half, but that first half, I thought, what am I watching here? The first yeah. half was so bad, anything in the second half would have been better. You know? Yeah. I mean, 
it's easy for us to say now, Mark, but when you saw the team, Osman and Barkley dropped to the bench. In like, hindsight, we all say, why, why change a winning, winning side? But yeah, I, to me, I think he's just uh, he was just pleasing Naismith because Naismith hasn't been getting a game and he's no. been a regular this season overall. And Yeah, he, he's become more of a favourite, Naismith, but to me, the wrong time to just put him back in when Barkley, he's starting to enjoy his football yeah. again. And he's been at such a precarious state of confidence all season long, and you're right, he has just like he's united, he looked much more at it, didn't he? You know, than you know, why why on earth would you wanna substitute, you know, risk a player like Barkley's confidence with the talent he has to to you know, with respect to Nate Smith, he's not as talented as Barkley. Why you know, I just thought Nate Smith hasn't played the last few weeks and look at the results. But you but you could tell though, you could tell yes. Smith because he was woeful. Absolutely it, both. It he wasn't the only one. Lost, it did defy logic putting him back in, didn't it? In that position. I, I completely understand. Naismith, uh, sorry, Osman played out left, didn't he, against United, so mix it up a bit there. Um, yeah. But to, to make to make the to leave Osman and Barkley out of the side, I think, after such a, a great win. Yeah. Why not try the, all the players are in the echo and on the web Everton website saying, Oh, we want a unbeaten running. Or you know, rec- uh, maximum points all from from what we've got. Well, that's gone out the window because we've just been beaten. Even though the scoreline yeah. suggests differently, we were beaten comfortably well, by Villa. Definitely. One Twitter comment I made, which I won't apologise for, was um, I thought Everton, the way they approached that first half, we were clearly safe. You know, after last week's United result and all that. Um, I thought they had an absolute cheek turning up the way they did in that first half. They clearly, but you know, thought the season was over. Given what what's come before this season, the sort of you know, the horrendous season we've had in the league, I, the least Everton oldest was I know it sounds like you know presumptuous, but was a strong end to the season. They had no right taking the foot off the pedal there because that's like doing half a job and sitting back and admiring it. You know, complete, I, just, I, I couldn't believe it. The, the complete opposite right. to when we visited Villa Park twelve months ago and beat them two yeah. 0 Lukaku and Osman well, scored. I was thinking, remember thinking this is a great team we've got here. You know, and we didn't play well on that day, but we looked. You know, we've done the business. Win. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought we were a bit like Liverpool really in the, the semi final. Villa, you know, Villa deserved that victory and they deserved to beat us. And they yeah. have improved under Sherwood, let's be honest. They probably deserved more out of the Manchester City game when they got beat 3 2 yeah, the week before. They play with, I hate saying it because it's a Rogers way, but they do play with amazing intensity, don't they? You know. Delph, I thought, was 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 marvellous. I thought he was a great player. Delph. I, I hate playing opposition players, but you've got to give credit. Delph and I thought Ben Teke against Stones was man against boys. Well, I, I commented in the game and I thought, you know what? <sighs> Fabi, someone like Fabian Delph, you know, to fill Gareth Barry's boots, it'd be brilliant. Like, he won't come cheap and there'll be other clubs sniffing around him, but yeah. it looks like we're going to get his, his midfield compatriot, Tom Cleverley. But he, to be honest, he had a good game. Ben yeah. Teche had a good game anyway, to the goals mark, yeah. Delph was involved in the first thing, it was just probably uh, epitomised our display in the first 45, ball over, decent ball over, but he beats two men, Baines, yeah. Baines was looking the other way, yeah. balls in the back of the net, Howard never makes a save anyway, does he really, let's be honest. He doesn't look best when he's still rooted there to the spot. And they, they, they were rightly 1-0 in front, but it, it wasn't just a case of... Um, a caginess about the game and they sort of got the, got themselves ahead. You could feel the goal come and I thought yeah. Villa wanted the wanted the game more, wanted the ball more. Yeah. Um, Everton just looked half asleep and 
soon after that there was a chance with Ron Vlaar as well and he, that was a sitter wasn't That's it I mean you were, you were at Aston Villa Mark yeah. what were the fans like when would he just put tear sitting, in their air I was just sitting in the main stand in the Dugel stand and the, the atmosphere was was, was well, I, where I was sitting obviously can't speak for everyone was absolute rage at what was going on there was, you know the players might have been on their holidays but the fans weren't and you know that, there was a total disconnection between what was going on on the pitch and what was happening in the stand from where I was sitting uh, it was anger it was just the, we, we seemed incapable of passing the ball five yards yeah. we did, I don't think we strung two passes together all, all first half which you know I go back to it what is he doing on that on the training ground to, for that to happen against beating United 3-0 where we look you know a million dollars um, against Villa we just look scared I don't know we just, they just outdone us with, with uh, intensity it's a cliche but it felt like men against boys and totally that yeah. Vla chance was a sitter it after the being 2-0 yeah. um, as the game went on it, uh, you could feel a second goal coming and that Grealish threw a corner in didn't he just before yeah. uh, the break and Benteke got a second and deservedly so to be honest but an excellent time to score the wind's well and truly out of our yeah. sails but at half time, Mark, I, I read the statistics. Well, I never read them. I saw saw the game anyway. Yeah. Um, and there was not even a, a passage of play to get excited about. Never mind an attempt on goal. No. I think I remember once Seamus Coleman going down the right and putting the ball across that the, nobody could get on the end of. I think that was about it. Yeah. There was, like you say, there wasn't, even, there wasn't even a reaction to going 1 0 down. No. There was not. And I just don't think the system, and I'm not, I'm not like, making excuses, but I just, I just don't think. Naismith worked in there. We have no presence in the midfield. No, I, I, I didn't have that McCarthy. You know, let's have it right. Did have his probably his worst game for Adam. McCarthy had a shocker. Barry, yeah. Barry wasn't much better. Um, all across the team, we we ba- Barry done single all, pass together. The amount of misplaced passes Barry done across is, is you know looked like he was helping his old mates out rather than you know, the, yeah. the team he was playing. Yeah, I just. I've never seen so many, uh, most of the words, um, reckless passes in all my life across the, the sort of, you know, the middle of the park there where Villa intercepted. And it, it, it's right through the team, to be honest, Lukaku, to me, he's coming back from injury, but he's not fit enough. Yeah. He was just, he didn't even look likely to get anywhere near the ball in the first 45. He, he was so frustrated. second half, I thought, Lukaku. Yeah, yeah, much, yeah. He, he did improve, but overall, I yeah, thought he did right. improve. But, like, the t- we just had a bit more about us. I mean, we got ourselves back into it um, with Naismith, didn't we? Getting fouled with that. The penalty decision, um, it was a penalty. Yeah. And Lukaku put it away. Um, but the, the manner in which he took the penalty, I don't know how Shea Given didn't save it, to be honest. I think Shea Given could have gone the wrong way, got up and saved it again. You yeah. know, it was yeah, that penalty had my nerves gone. I thought he rolled it wide. The Villa fans were already, as you can imagine, laughing. But what's, what what we're doing, and you know, if he'd have missed that, but um, yeah, look, that what is going on with the penalty situation? Well, we've talked we about this time and time again, but, but now you know, it seems to be rearing its head every week now. Uh, you know, this was a different lad on it on the penalties all the time. And Roberto, in his last interview, did say Rom is the penalty taker, but we've got he's a specialist, he's a specialist. I think Lukaku's doing it under duress, to be honest with you. I don't think he wants to take the penalty. Is he just doing it to get the goal tally up? I thought <laughs> Baines for me over the years. I know he hasn't had his best season, but he's always chipped in with the assists, yeah. with the goals, and with the penalties. And could, yeah. Having the record he does, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like it's changing it, trying to be almost trying to be cool or trying to. We've got we've it's, it's in like Lukaku's contract. Yeah. To, to you will make you the penalty taker. You know, I don't. Yeah. It's, it's a strange one, but it's it's one we've talked about time and time again this season. I just. 
don't think Baines' record warrants him getting dropped from the penalty spot, you know, from penalty duties. Um, he scored, he's only missed uh, one at Old Trafford, I thought it was a poor penalty, but you know, um, I've seen uh, Tony Cotty take unseen penalties for that, and he missed uh, an absolute load. It's just, cha- it's, like, it's just changing it, just for, I don't know, it's, it's questionable. But as you said, it seems to be a, a discussion now every other week um, that yeah. we're having. We've spoke about the Morales incident, obviously Ross Barkley. It's like, where's the consistency? But anyway, yeah. he, he put that away. Um, we thought maybe there's a bit of a lifeline. Um, did you feel like that when you were sitting there, Mark? Or? To be honest, it was a lifeline as much as that it was 2-1, but there was just no conviction about the way we were playing. You know, it was just... <coughs> we did look better. We did... You know, we couldn't have looked much worse, to be honest with you, but I always felt Villa could go up another gear if they needed to, and, and they did. I know that sounds negative, and I, to be honest, when it got to 2-1, everyone wants, you know, Evan to press on, and, you know, you win the off throw and fans start getting behind the team, and we want, you know, we have got the quality to hear teams, which is why, you know, you kind of expect to come back half the time, but we just didn't look at it from, from day one, from, from moment one against Villa. They always, and like you say, their goal was, was typical of, how we were playing and how they were playing, it was inevitable. And uh, that man, Tom Cleverly, obviously. Yeah, he got played to him, it was a good finish. It was a good finish, um, but I just felt the win, as you said from the off, we, we didn't look, we, did, we, we couldn't match Villa at any, yeah. any, any position across the team. But like a fella, if I'd given an answer, a fella looking at his wife's dress and saying it's lovely, but then really not, I'm not that interested in yeah. seeing it, but it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you and your analogies. <laughs> um, obviously, cleverly scored. Yeah. Um, up at the other end, we couldn't really muster anything special. We, uh, overall, our performance levels did improve, but yeah. as you said, it couldn't get any worse than the, the opening 45 minutes. Uh, ironically, Barkley and Osman, the two players who were dropped, were then thrown on with 15 minutes to go. It's not a, not a long time to, to have a, a real effect, is it? I totally agree. Uh, you know, I hate it when managers let goals sway their decisions. Everton still weren't playing well enough despite the penalty uh, goal. I think them subs should have come 10 minutes earlier. And I know, like, you know, we've got, you know, that's typical what football fans say and it's just moaning at the manager. But, you know, we were playing that badly. We needed um, something else coming off the bench. I just don't think we, you know, Martinez, far too noise like in his, you know, where, where's the brave Martinez of last season who, who wouldn't have waited that long, you know? Well, cleverly scored on 64 yeah. minutes, Mark. Yeah, 64 minutes. Know, it's still a long time. Why has it taken 11 minutes to get your two lads on after that? You yeah. get them on straight away. Get them on. And to be honest, we looked a lot better. Barkley, I thought, you know, played, played a few lovely passes down the right. Well, um, Osman got involved as soon as he came on, remember, down the left down hand the side. Left. Yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunately, we, we couldn't get a second goal with enough time to go. And no. Jagielka did score. Um, I was amazed he never gave a free uh, a foul on given for that. Or no. it was just weird. The, the ball just went up about ten thousand feet into the air, and uh, yeah, it's, it was you know Jackie they just nodded it in. But I was utterly amazed that the ref. I'm not saying it was a foul, but they nearly always give a foul in them. Especially when the keeper's involved, yeah, yeah. definitely. Jackie Ocker um, increased his goal tally, which is probably his best, isn't it? Sixth, I think. Yeah, um, fair play to him for yeah. that. But up at the other end, we we just we'd forgot. Across the team, we'd forgotten um, that the Man United game was well and truly uh, put to bed, wasn't it? It, yeah. was, it was like the two the two Everton's that we've that we've come to know in this, this season. season. Nothing ever one hundred percent positive. 
I've always got a round off, you know, a happy day with, you know, and when, when I always think this, when, when we're bad, and I'm not, I don't want to make this negative, I don't think there's anybody in the league that the place as bad as we do when we're off it. Yeah. You know, I think even Burnley, you know, I, I just, I probably that's an Anatolian, you know, me seeing it through frustrated eyes, but it's like, you know, when we stink, we, we really stink the place out. We do, and Martin, as I saying, we suffered a hangover from the United game. No. If anything, if you beat Manchester United 3 0, that should spare you on. Never yeah. mind, a hangover, you should be well. A hangover is the 5 2 defeat of Kiev. That's a hangover. No, yeah. Not a 3 0 home win, I think, you know. But again, you could, you could sit here and, and talk for days about some of the stuff Roberto's come out with this season and yeah. scratch your head, and it looks like he's been scratching his head because he's. He's ended up looking like you, Mark. He's got a hair left. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been a collective hair loss effort from, yeah. from management to fans. It's season. incredible, Man, that he, picture. Your doesn't... hair's grown, though. So I'm, my I'm hair's start, grown. I'm yeah. starting to think you don't care. My, my, my hair's grown and I'm drinking cups of tea and, and not beer on the podcast for once. I'm a changed man. I've uh, become religious or something. I don't know. It's, um, it's incredible when you see the pictures of him, though. I mean, I don't know whether that's through choice, but... He's almost become like a scouser, hasn't he? And, and, and morphed into a scouser within. Yeah, you're right. He does look, months. He looks like he was born in Bootle, to be honest. No, and I, I'm, you know, I'm not saying that about Bootle, but I, I know a lot of people. He from, owns a tapas bar by I the think, Strand. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a slight on Bootle people, but he just looks it like is. It's a shit so. <laughs> <laughs> Only mess and Bootle. He's, he's uh, no. He just looks like uh, yeah a lad who you see. Um, Asking for money, asking for money outside the shop that they always get me, but you know. And where is, where is Mo- Moises gone the other way? Moises, Moises, his ginger's gone blonde. Yeah, he's Moises on the stage of a few Armani commercials, I think, the way he's looking. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, we were all laughing at Moises last season, weren't we? He'd aged 400 years, and now I think. I do honestly think there is a bit of karma going on here with the way we sort of had an absolute ball last season with, with Martinez and Everton with School of Science and United were having such a poor time with Moyes, you know, grass isn't always greener. I just think um, a little bit of karma's come into play this season because it does feel like something else is going on. Well, 12 months ago, he looked like that Grim Reaper Moyes, didn't he? A good <laughs> Fast forward 12 months, you've got Roberto with a, a grey baldy head, but looking a bit rough around the edges. I just wonder if that Grim Reaper's booked his seat for the Tottenham game, don't you? You know, I wouldn't go that far, but you don't know, after that Stoke game, geez, it yeah. all comes back to that Stoke game for me. I remember the feeling amongst the fans, and I just hope that's not um, something we're going to go through next season. No. Uh, obviously, I, agree. I think the past week as an Evertonian sums it up. Yeah. Not just this season, but in life in general, really. At how <laughs> how high we are. They, they sort of they have to knock you back down, don't they? <laughs> like my missus has, I think, been calling me pathetic since August. The way I've been carrying on, and it's like you know, when are you gonna? You know, half the time you think, well, just what am I in it for? Haven't just you know, when you lose like that against Villa, it just felt like a five 0 defeat, didn't it? It didn't feel three two. It didn't feel. I just thought we just got absolutely. Yeah, mugged. That's just meaningless, isn't it? And by the time Jack it up could have scored, I didn't even bat an eyelid, you know what I mean? <laughs> it almost be, be, was an irritant because you knew yeah. it was like you knew there was no time left to get an equaliser. So the game was lost as soon as we kicked off on Saturday March. It was I yeah. No, I wish they'd have told everyone that before paying forty one quid to take it to get in. Yeah. <laughs> you have to drown yourselves after it, eh, fella? Not a hundred <laughs> quid down. <laughs> that, that was dead. we obviously slipped down to eleventh in the league yeah. table. Back to our comfort comfort zone <laughs> with the second page. <laughs> <laughs> the 
best of the rest, as we call the it. The best of the second page now, so yeah, yeah we're, get, we're getting there. And don't get me wrong, couple of, we've still got a few games to go. And yeah. If you, it's a big if, but if you beat Sunderland at the weekend and West Ham get beat, you go above them on goal difference, so you're back up to 10th. And I mean, obviously, we're not going to finish 8th. I think 10th and 9th is far more respectable. Do you think? Honest, I get the feeling we'll... Well, I think we'll beat uh, Burnley. Uh, sorry, Burnley. We've already beaten Burnley. That's three points. Sunderland. I think we'll beat Sunderland and Tottenham. Yeah, and I can't see us West Ham are, are on their holidays as well, aren't they? So I can possibly see seven points from that. Yeah, it should be enough to, to sort of you know turn the page, get us on that first one. See, Sunderland have beat Southampton, but they don't tend to do anything away from home. Here's where they beat us now. So like they beat us one the last season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I think it's much of a muchness now, isn't it? It's not people. Yeah. People just want it to be over, and I've I've sort of I agree. I felt although I didn't feel like that after the United game, obviously. But this this Monday going to work was ten times. Sorry, today going to work was a million miles away from what I felt last Monday. Yeah, I even wanted to do a match report after the United game. It's been about three months, but well, that's my match. But I didn't do one after the Villa game. I just I just thought. For you know, if you want a, if you want an opinion on it, just read the other defeats that we've had, and I could say the same thing. You know, exactly. I just feel like you're just repeating yourself all over again. It's why, isn't it? Why? Why, why change the team? Why do we look so lifeless? Why yeah. do we look so jaded? So scared. Um, yeah. You know, it's just because it's the same group of players. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I just don't know. Just uh, like you say, there's an underlying thing that's gone on all season, hasn't it? You know. And, you know, I guess we'll never find out, but one thing we, we cannot repeat what's been going on this season, next season. So for me, the hard work starts now. Summer, the, the season's like, it's like a fly swatting around your sea, you're trying to get rid of it. It's like, you know, it's. it's Do you it's and your like, analogies? I know, again. I can't help them. I've been reading books. Um, I was going to say, like a horse in a race, that's just like. <laughs> It's just, it's just, it's, having, it's fell over at eight you times. Your horse has pulled up at the back, and now yeah. you're just waiting for the race to finish. It's yeah. got back up, and, and you just can't wait for it all to be over. But I've felt like that since December. Yeah. Um, it's just not been. No. Even even when we spoke in January and February, Mark, we still had Europe to sort of cling we on did. to, didn't we? But <laughs> the sense of indifference since the Kiev game, Mark, has never hasn't left me. Yeah. You know, we've obviously had to do a job in the league, and it was great that we picked up ten points. And then Sunday, uh, last last Saturday, Villa just sent me right back down that yeah. path. You know, I'm trying to be positive, but now I'm afraid it's been ranting mostly on Twitter this week. <laughs> You've been recruiting, haven't you? Ranting and recruiting, yeah, for something. Well, we won't go there tonight. Because <laughs> um, otherwise, it'd be dawn by the time we're finished. Um, I've got work. <laughs> I think definitely we're in agreement there yeah. about the United game. Such a positive note. Uh, the Villa game come crashing back down to earth with a bang. Yes, definitely. Um, but rather than do, uh, finishing on a, such like a negative, which we have done time and time again <laughs> this season, it's been impossible not to really. Yeah. I wanted to just get your thoughts on John Stones, Mark, and he didn't have the best of times against Aston Villa, but no, uh, he scored against United, and it's relevant to talk about him. I don't know if you saw the, the interview you gave to Sky Sports. Have you seen that? I didn't, to be honest, Mark. No. Uh, there's an interview that uh, it was on Twitter before actually it's yeah. 25 minutes long so have a little look after you've on your way on your way to yeah. whatever um, it just comes across such a grounded lad um, well mannered yeah. well liked you know he, he's very you can tell he's very humble and he's he's not going to let it go to his head and I think the likes of Ross Barkley is probably similar to that as well isn't he yeah um, and then two can lean off each other quite a lot can't they you know definitely there's no there's no sort of ego involved and um 
just watch it, Mark, and you'll be able to comment a bit more. But I've heard in John Stone's interviews in the past, and you're absolutely right. There's nothing egotistical about the guy, is there? You know, he's there. You'd like down the, you know, that you, you you see down on the streets and all that. He's just um, down to earth, like you say. You know, he he doesn't give the idea he's getting away, he's getting ahead of himself at all. No, and uh, but on the pitch matters on the pitch, Mark. I mean, obviously, yeah. he's being described as like a, a Beckenbauer by some, a Rolls Royce defender. You, you know. Could be the best centre half coming out of England for thirty years. This, to yeah. me, to me, it just it worries me. It worries me because the inevitable vultures will circle and the yeah. mirror will be having a field day with him this summer. But I, it's just it's been brilliant to watch. Even against United, when we we weren't seeing much of the ball, yeah. it was almost like Howard was told to release it to Stones every time. It was like I've, he's got to have X amount of touches of the ball because he's just willing to take it. I think yeah. And one, he can take it from one end of the pitch to the other, can he? And know? he can stride out with it. He can he can pick a pass. He just always seems willing, but positionally as well, his 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 reading of the game, yeah, to me is it's it's just such a raw talent, a raw defensive talent that you don't get. You only get once in a while. He's a natural defender who, who loves defending, doesn't he? You can tell that. You know, it's like like you say, if you watch, I watched him against United, and I only watched him how his position was and his movement and like you say his reading of the game and, and his awareness of, of where the danger is, is 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 really unbelievable for a lot of his age you know like I, I think when I first saw him and seen him play consistently and you know in his first uh, his first season for Everton he is you can see why people compare him to Bobby Moore he's got that natural grace about him on the ball hasn't he you know yeah. he brings it out he's, he's a wonderful player He's a real, can't really fault him at all. I'm not going to, you know, go to town on him over Ben Takey, who's, who's having a great end to the season, uh, lording it over him on Saturday. But John Stones has been easily one of our best players. Yeah, he he, don't get me wrong, he's made mistakes earlier in the season, yeah. and maybe last season at times he, uh, he was caught out once or twice. But as, as Roberto said, it's been a real learning curve for John Stones. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not, you can't be critical of him. That's why when people are quick to jump on Ross Barkley's back, yeah, it's it's difficult really because with John Stones he's expected to defend. Yeah, like, he got a goal, but he's never really had an opportunity to score another goal. Whereas Jack Yoke is in all around, isn't he? Yeah, like right. Stanley never really nipped in with a goal. He's 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 required to defend, and that's what you'd expect. Whereas people expect a lot more from Ross Barkley. Yeah, and yeah, he is. You know, he's a, a creative midfielder, a number ten, and people want to see him with assists and goals and things, but. For a young lad to be at the forefront of a struggling side, yeah, it's been unwarranted some of the criticism this season. So I think those two, they really make make me feel proud to have them. But yeah, the inevitable modern day football thoughts begin to circle, and as I said about the vultures, I agree. I think it'd be interesting a real test of Everton's resolve to hold on to those two players in the next year. Yeah, eighteen months to two years. I mean, I wasn't. I was worried with Roberto saying, you know, they're not. It's not the be all and end all of our future. To the you know that had me greatly worried, to be honest with you, because those are exactly the players, along with Lukaku. I've said before, the them three, um, you know, Stones, Barkley, Lukaku. I don't think there's a better youth spine than that in the country. I think I think most teams from the top four down would give the right arm for for a, a core of youth players like that to build a team around. Um, you know, wonderful talents if we can get them right. But it's like you know, all we've ever heard is talk of dismantling them, not building around. That's it. You know, it's it's disarming all the time, isn't it? And that's it. And we obviously 
with people pay the money and they want to go and see these these lads coming through. Yeah. Do, a lot of people are banging on about Luke Garbutt as well because they know the talent's there. They want to see yeah. them get involved. Obviously, that's a mystery in itself. What's going on there? Um, we'll come to Luke Garbutt yeah. a little bit later as well. But they're the players you want to see. They give you that little bit of hope. That they hope that Evertonians haven't really had. And obviously, Wayne Rooney came through, Franny Jeffers, Michael Ball. But they've all gone. Yeah, and not all of them have gone on to great things, unfortunately. And we wanted them to be at Everton, and yeah, you know the the others like your Hibberts and your Osmonds, they've stayed around for years, and they'll give yeah. you heart and they'll give you soul, but they haven't got the talent that the likes of your Rooney's, your Barclays, your John John Stones have got. It's the raw talent ones that tend to sort of do one, isn't it? You know, and, and let leave us. Yeah. So I I think it's a real test of resolve, but I, I, the fans definitely do pay. You know, don't get me wrong. I'd, I'd pay me money to go and see John Stones over the years. That's yeah. what I want. I don't want to turn up and see another Alcaraz, a foreign defender brought in. No, you, you, you just, you know, the ten a penny. I've seen many come and go as a You're midfielders. Right. Not just having a go at foreign players, but no. In terms of what we've got now, we need to be building around them. But it's it's a big if for the summer ahead. And they're three dynamic players, aren't they? You know, we're not talking about run of the mill. You know, defensive midfield player and a steady defender. Like we would talk about, say the likes of Unsworth in the day and, and all that. These are these are players would start with sort of an X factor about them, aren't they? You know, we're yeah. talking, you know, how United's maybe class of '92 that level of, of class for, yeah. for players that age. I know Barkley hasn't shown it this season, but he's certainly got it. You know, we should, you know, should be like you say. Those are your hope because you know, let's face it, it's not going to come through the transfer market. It's going to come from youth players who, who are developed. We have to keep hold of them three. Better than them on this summer. Or plucking them like we did John Stones and Yeah, like yeah. yeah, I mean fair play to Barnsley who, you know, done a great job with him before, but we got our hands on him. You know, but he's yeah, he's a world class player, gonna be an England regular, no question. So on onto on to the, something that probably ties in with that is the transfer room is um the mirror who I've mentioned there will probably start to sell John Stones as soon as May the twenty fourth is over. No question. And uh, I think it's June the 1st, isn't it, when the next transfer window yeah. opens? So, fortunately, there isn't an international competition this summer. No. Um, because if he went away and done well, we've all seen what's happened before. It in the sort past. of intensifies it, doesn't it? You know, yeah. It just makes it even harder for Everton. Not just the, the mirror don't try and sell the likes of Harry Kane, for example, who scored 30 goals for Tottenham this season. You never see him linked with other clubs because, you know, it's not, you know. Well, it's not fashionable if he played for Everton he would have been linked to about 10 clubs already. well let's be honest the gang of bastards at the minute aren't they yeah. really? they've been trying to unsettle and sell our players for years Baines thing, Fellaini, really. Baines yeah. who else Coleman I mean I'm sick of the Coleman he's been linked with a 27 million move or something to Chelsea I mean they'd be blind to pay that for him to be honest he's worth a lot of money Coleman, Coleman is a good player but I don't think I think Chelsea would be looking at better options than, than Shane. I, what about you know, Vladislav Ivanovic? No. <laughs> Can we have him in the ten? No. You know, he's a terrific player, isn't he? You know. But this this is the thing. It'll it'll start. It started yeah. already. I'll, I'll read some out to you, Mark, and get. I want to get your thoughts on yeah. it. Garbutt to Bournemouth was one. That is the most strangest transfer rumor. Unless he's got family down there, and you know he's doing it. He's going home. Uh, that is one of the most weirdest transfer rumours ever. If we let a player like, well, it's bad enough letting him go, but you know, to sort of give him, you know, no disrespect to Bournemouth, but Luke Garbutt is, is an ex- extremely good player. He's got a lot, really, if you ask me. But it's a strange one, isn't it? Because the most weirdest transfer rumour I've ever heard. Well, it's like the links to Liverpool, isn't it? Yeah, I can see him going to Liverpool, to be honest, uh, given what the rumours and, you know, 
I just machine. I just don't know what to believe, to be honest. But they're, they're <coughs> the ones about outgoing, who's Coleman and uh, got garbled in the last week. In yeah. terms of incoming players, uh, we've been linked with Yannick Palazzi, um, Joe, Joe Bryan, who's a left back from Bristol City, um, Tom Cleverley, obviously, Johnny Evans and Adnan Yanazai from United, yeah. um, and Virgil van Dijk from Celtic. There's also another one recently, is Rafa Silva, who's meant to be a, some wonder kid who plays in Portugal for Braga. Um, I don't know much about. I've seen yeah. Van, I've seen Van Dijk play for Celtic, and I know yeah. he was linked with the Premier League last summer. Um, in terms of Palasi, what do you make of him? Man? I absolutely love that fella. I think I think he's everything you want in a winger. He's someone that would get, you know, uh, like an Andy Johnson type signing. You know, when when we made his little staff up in class and got yeah. a good player in. Balassi would be a brilliant signing for me. I think he's got, you know, he's he's got wonderful ability and he's got the ability to to to, to put teams on the back foot. They can never rest with a player like Balassi. Well, he's but done he it to us time and time again. Hasn't Absolutely, he? I've seen him do it to the likes of Liverpool as well in that three three. You know, he is. I would absolutely love the likes of uh, Balassi to sign. Great player, great pace, and and I think he'd improve with better players around him. No well, disrespect to Palace. I know they're above us, but I think there's a better class of player at Everton. That's it. I don't think Everton would be the only ones interested. No. Apparently, the rumours like the Newcastle's, your West Ham's, you could see the Tottenham. Stokes. We, we all seem to be the same group of teams. Like whenever, whenever we're in a in a link with someone, we're always in a race with Stoke or Newcastle <laughs> or something. Whenever um, the top teams, that's what's happening to Everton Football Club at the moment. <laughs> Mark, we have to. I know. You know. But Balassi, to be honest, it doesn't surprise me. He's linked with a fifteen million. Apparently, Pardew said you'd have to pay forty. I don't know what part he's been smoking like, but I don't 15 million dollars. Palace have turned down 15 million. No, I, it doesn't surprise me, no, Mark, because if you have a good season in the Premier League, we've seen it with the, the plays Tottenham and Liverpool have bought over the past two, yeah. three seasons. If you have a good season in the Premier League, the, the, other, other clubs will buy you. Liverpool have gone for flavour of the month, haven't they? Spent 40 million on the, the likes of uh, Lovren and Lallana. Exactly. really not done it. Tottenham have done it as well, haven't they? Yeah. You know, it's, let's be honest, it's, it, it seems to be the norm. And, but I, I, I've got to agree, Mark, I like Balazzi as a player. Yeah. Other, other people have sort of dismissed it and said he's not good enough. But, but you know, people said that about Aaron Lennon as well. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it, it depends what happens with him, doesn't it? Because he fits the bill for what I, we've been crying out for. I would like Lennon to be the first signing, to be honest with you. I think he's the, the right kind of signing for us. Completely agree. Yeah. Um, Tom Cleverley again I just think that's a nonsense start. I know he scored on Saturday but, keep, but you know he's, he's another sideways player to me there's nothing special there that we haven't already got mm. and I think he'd be blocking a youth player coming through you know because is, can, can he really do something that someone in, in the under 21s can't I don't think he can we're just like packing that midfield aren't we unless, unless he's preparing players. for life after you know Gareth Barry and Darren Gibson I, I don't know I mean Barry's going to be there yeah. For at least another year or, or so. But um, yes. what about further down the line, Yanazai and Johnny Evans? It's just again, it's the United outcasts, isn't it? Yeah, Yanazai, feather duster, can't um, delivers uh, as much as can I delivers investment promises. Oof, I guess. You, you had to mention I had to, No, I said it on Twitter the other day and I was proud of myself for coming up with that one, <laughs> even though Kevin <laughs> taught me my hands 24 7. Now, Jan, I just think. I think we could. Yanazai, you know, looked good when he started, but he, he just doesn't. I don't know. He's going down a lot. He, he doesn't seem to. to Something's gone wrong, hasn't it? Yeah, so he's gone off the rails a little bit. I think we could do better than Yanazai. John. Uh, Johnny Evans, half decent, certainly a better alternative than than Alcaraz and this time at centre back. 
Mm. You know, I, I heard we were linked with Thomas Vermaelen as well from Barcelona, and along that would be a much better signing. Vermaelen, uh, he hasn't played for Barcelona, has he, with injury? But he's got great experience, hasn't he? Yeah, on his day, yeah. But is he another Alcaraz with his injuries? Well, he's just don't know, you don't know if you sign on a Peter Reid or a yeah, Virgil <laughs> Van Dijk. Virgil Van Dijk might look great in the Scottish League, but can he can he make the step up to the Prem? You know. said he likes his shots on goal. That fella, I've never seen this back. It's it's when he, no, he's a class. He's a good player. Like you say, though, the the difference in class between the SPL and the Premier League is massive, isn't it? So it's whether he could make the step up. Very few players seem to do it. Don't even remember. Barry Ferguson playing for Blackburn when he, he was you know, a class act and he really struggled, didn't he? Let's be honest, um, Tramier could probably win the Scottish Premier League, though, wouldn't he? I think so. Um, so, what we said, a part of that, Mark, on Twitter today was um, asking Everton yeah. fans whether three players they want to see leave at Everton. Now, I'm sure Evertonians will all probably say, well, there's about seven players I'd want to see leave. Yes. But I asked the, the main three and we also asked uh, what three players you'd like to... To, to, to arrive at Goodison Park in the summer. Yeah. This is realistically. Um, so we're going to read some out, Mark. Do you want to yeah, start? I will. Uh, Matt Nolan, um, I suppose he'd like to see Howard, Distan, and Alcaraz go. I think most people would agree with that. And it's signed Lennon, Delafoe, a centre back, and two strikers. So he's, he's, he's kind not asking of, for much then, he's, no. <laughs> he's turned your three into a five there, which you know probably sums up the feeling out there. But yeah. Lennon and Delafoe, I don't know if them two would happen together. Yeah. Know? Uh, David Davis uh, wants to see Alcaraz, McGeady and Coney go. Uh, and he wants, um, he's a bit vague on his on his targets. Uh, solid winger, competition partner for Lukaku and um, a, pro, a proven centre-back. Well, Everton Canada goes on to say, there's a theme to this really because a lot of people are saying McGeady, Alcaraz. Um, this time Everton Canada has actually said McGeady, Alcaraz and Howard. Yeah. Um, I Which is a surprise. I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with that, but there's probably another five I'd add to that. Yeah. Um, in Delafoe, Stephen Corker, he's a QPR, isn't he? Yeah. And David Marshall, the keeper. Um, Interesting one, Corker. I don't. I can't remember him doing do it much this season. He's, we've been linked with him before. Yeah, I think we were close to signing him at one point, we me. Yeah. Luke Fletcher says Hibbert out. He wants Hibbert, Gibson, and McGeady. There'd be three other players probably ahead of. Ibert and Gibson if you ask me yeah um, although I see his point I can see his point totally with Hibbert he actually goes on to say also out Alcaraz PNR Distant and Kona yeah so there's about seven there yeah. his name in Alderworld Alderworld I'll just say that Toby, Toby Alderworld, Alderworld is he at Southampton he is from Ajax I'm not even going to try and say it again, but he wants him <laughs> Charlie Austin and Aaron Lennon um, he's also said IU I think that's the last that's the lad from France. Yeah. Delafoe and uh, two times ball playing centre backs again. He's asking a lot there, but there's a theme there. The first four people have said Gerard Delafoe. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, great quality. I just can't see it happening and I think a lot of our fans need to just let it go. There seems to be this lingering love affair with them and I think we can all dream of him coming. I'm guilty back, of looking back on the Delafoe era with a bit of rose tint to be honest, because when we see what we've had this season, um Adelfo hasn't had a look in in Sevilla though, to be honest with you, he hasn't, I don't think he's played at all. I, I, I can see him staying in Spain, no Mark, I can't see him coming back here. Yeah. Um, Brown, he says, Howard, Distan and Alcaraz, yeah, as I say, I'm repeating a lot of these names here, but this is what the fans have said. Yeah. The ins would be Aaron Lennon, Virgil van Dijk and Subotic. Subotic, Subotic is he dormant? Yeah, he's over in Germany, he's a Croatian player, isn't he? Yeah. 
Um, do you want to carry on there? Anne yeah. McGoldrick? Anne McGoldrick, um, out. Uh, she wants to see McGeady, Alcaraz and Coney go. Again, familiar. Uh, coming in. Balassi, Harry Arter, that's a, that's a strange one. He's certainly done well for Bournemouth last season, but championship level, don't know mm. if he's made the step up. And Deeney, Watford. Um, do you want me to read that last bit? This is not me, this is someone else. Oh, and yeah. Ken Wright as well. Deeney is certainly, you know, I think he missed out with Watford the last time they were in the Premier League. He was injured all season and then he's done well at championship level, but again, you know. Is he the one who's been in, in Nick? No, I think that was Marlon King. Is that what you're thinking of? Oh, I don't know, I'm sure. It could have been, for all I know, certainly. Um, um, no, banging in the goals. I can't say he looks the type, that's just wrong. Um, he's a good, he might be a nice fella. <laughs> <laughs> he's banging in the goals, though, isn't he? He is. I think he, he's, you know, he's a really good uh, championship striker. Thomas Regan uh, wants to see Barry Destan and Herrick out, and he wants to see De, uh, De La Foe. Again, you know, it's what the fans want. Lennon, and uh, another centre midfield player, uh, defensive midfield player coming in. There's a theme to it though, isn't it? I remember when we signed Aaron Lennon, everyone was like, he's not good enough, he's shit, he's this, but now he's the first name that everyone wants to see signed. says everything about the impact. Speaks volumes, Mark, doesn't it? Jimmy Keogh um, has said Alcaraz, Kone and McGeady. If those three players listen to this podcast, they'll be suicidal. Um, (laughs) And then he wants to see Virgil van Dijk, Dillafoe and Charlie Austin. Now Charlie Austin's getting a mention there. Again, scored goals, hasn't he, for QPR? Again, that would be a good signing. Is he someone we need who who would compliment the likes of Lukaku? A a, a British talented striker, you know? Yeah. Who's got goals for a poor side, let's be honest. He certainly knows where the goal is, Austin. Yeah, Yeah. he wouldn't be a bad signing. For me, it's like, I prefer, I think though he's off to Liverpool, Danny Yings would be, I think, a better player for Lukaku to play alongside. So Pete Buckley goes on to say Hibbert, McGeady and Kone. The Inns is a couple of new names. Ryan Shawcross being linked with him time and time again. Yeah. Gilfie Sigurdsson from Swansea. No, oh, no, like, no problem with that. Brilliant, but no chance of getting him. No. And Charlie Austin gets a mention again. Um, Austin's getting really, you know, a, a big mention there, isn't he? Carl yeah. Thomas once, you know, just stuck record this time. Alcaraz and Kone, I'm not saying Carl's a stuck record, we are. Um, and then you want to see Lennon, Austin and Van Dyke come in. It's almost like some of our fans have been uh, scouts in the Scottish League watching Virgin Van Dyke. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, it must have been the other, the other game, I don't know, he, he looked alright for Celtic, he's Dundee, but you know, yeah. it's Dundee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Robert Clark wants to see Coney, Distan and McGeady go, and he'd like to see Ings, Van Dyke and Chicharito. No, that would be. Hernandez, yeah. I think maybe Real Madrid would be interested in keeping him the way he's scoring uh, for Madrid at the moment. Well, he's he's, he's obviously outcast at United, isn't he? Yeah. We, we saw him on United outcast, so. <laughs> that might be a plausible one. Yeah. Pal EFC on Twitter says Alcaraz, Howard, and Pina. No, that's the first time Pina's had a mention, I think. Um, I think yeah. you got to mention in the sort of afterburners before the, yeah. the seven. Yeah. In. Lennon, Ben Teke and a new pair of legs for Dallin Gibson. <laughs> yeah, I'd, 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 I think the new pair of legs for Gibson are more realistic than Ben Teke. Yeah, you're not getting Ben Teke. No. I'd be very surprised if uh, Ben Teke didn't go I to Arsenal, Liverpool yeah. or Spurs. Yeah. Um, Josh Kellett, who is Evertonian based out in Australia, yeah. he says, uh, out Alcaraz, McGeady and Gibson. 
Um, we'll put Alcaraz and Magidi on a flight out to Australia, Josh, <laughs> if that's all right. I'm not sure Josh would be happy to see them. No. <laughs> in Aaron Lennon again, Delafoe and Charlie Austin. So there's, 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 there's very much a trend to all of them, isn't there? Very now? much. For every Alcaraz, there's a Charlie Austin, I would say, or, you know. A Delafoe, Virgil so, van Dijk. Yeah, what the type of players we, we sort of maybe need as a club, though, you know, we do need more competition for Lukaku. People, fans always want pace, don't they? You know, I, yeah. I'm a big. You know, thing that we we need more pace in the team, definitely. What have you got, uh, Ken Wright's fax number, Mark? Because I'll send this over now, and uh, what we'll do is we'll break it down into instalments. So what we'll do is we'll give Delafoe eighteen million I'm, over eighty years. Bill hasn't been speaking to me lately, but hasn't I'll certainly it? try my best. Not answering your love letters. No, now. I've, I've, I'll try and smooth them over with that. Is one, this I see it working? Is his nephew still pretending to be his nephew on Twitter? <laughs> he is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing worse than a parody who takes himself seriously. No, but as I said, we're not going to go there. No. Um, but these are these are obviously, I think a lot of them are realistic targets. Why why wouldn't they be? Um, I think yeah. the Delafoe one, I, I don't know. I think people are just sort of being a bit sentimental with that. Realism, I think we're looking at the likes of Virgil van Dijk maybe from Celtic. Yeah, um, Charlie Austin. Charlie Austin, maybe you pay £10 million for Charlie Austin. Well, I think if you look for all the world, like, they're going to go down now, don't they? Yeah. So, Aaron, Aaron Lennon, the, be, uh, the way he's playing, there'd be no surprise. I'm that really pleased, Lennon, because like you say, I was made up when we signed him, but there was a lot of negativity, he's got no end product and all that, and I think he's won over the fans with his performances, hasn't he? Definitely, but um, just on that, it, it's, it, obviously that's in an ideal situation, we've probably got our own thoughts on the summer ahead, Mark. Yeah. Um, but Martinez has been talking up Tony about saying he could have a massive role to play in the future. Aidan McGeady is a, he's he's found himself. Yeah. I don't know where he's found himself, but um he's hinting at new contract well, to be fair, this was a while ago and he certainly mentioned about contract talks with Distan and Alcaraz. Yeah. I think it'd be ludicrous to give them new deals. Well, um and I I'd be very surprised if Aidan McGeady was still at the club this time in a in a year. Um I think he should just he should move on, McGeady. It's not going to work out. The same with uh, Aruna Kone. I just think it's not going to work out. Yeah. Tony, a bit, yeah, I, I fully expect him to stay. But as a coach. Yeah, you know, a bit pat. He's still, he, like, the, like the likes of uh, Pienaar. Yeah. He, but has been getting more injuries, hasn't he? I agree. Um, and one thing about Pienaar is, he, Martin, I was quite worried when I read it, to be honest. He said, oh, because he came back, didn't he, for for that 60 minutes against Swansea and he's gone missing since and he's, he's talked about being close to retirement but his team his teammates talked him out of it and it's, it's terrible really if you think about it isn't it we think this, I think there's been huge issues with being as fitness hasn't there all season and he has been given that made of glass feeling lately hasn't he you know he was you know I think Swansea he rolled back the, the he rolled back the clock a little bit didn't he it was a great display but like you say I just think it's like very much like Gibson now. Where is it worth keeping him on the payroll? Are we going to get that much out of him next mm. season? Well, um, on on injuries, there was also the news about Brian Oviedo. Uh, you know, I keep Another forgetting one. we've got these players on the books. So I, I feel like um, Arthur, you know, we just haven't seen him all season, have we? For me, this is where the issue with Garber comes up at because I think Baines is clearly, you know, great player, fantastic left back, goal down is one of our very best, I think. You know, but he's clearly on his way down. And Oviedo isn't off Baines, and I don't think he's off garbage standard anyway. So he's and he's he's currently suffering with injuries, you know. Again, going down with that, I just, that's why the garbage situation is ludicrous to me because he's clearly 
the standout candidate for, for our left back. To me, to me there's, there's got to be an underlying reason why yeah. something's not being done, but only time will tell. But yeah. you, you do forget you've got the likes of Gibson, Oviedo, Kone's had terrible injury problems, Pinar's yeah. picking them up. Hibbert's getting them. It's who are you going to stick with without without sounds are quite cutthroat. Yeah. There's only so much support you can give these players, and You're yeah, right. a lot of them are contracted in to Everton, and, and Everton have to support them. But it, re- realistically, do we find ourselves in the same position with some of them in 12 months' time? Yeah. Darren Gibson gets fit for pre-season, but then he, you know, he, he pulls up injured in August, September, October, and, yeah. and he's written off again for another six months. Wait, what? what you know, what do we do, Mark? It's You're right. It, they're taking up wage space to sound callous, aren't they? You know, they're taking up wages that are sort of we could give to other players who we're gonna do a job for us. You're right. He's you know, feel really sorry for Gibson, he's you know, he's clearly a good a great player on his day. But he's you know, he's it, I don't know, his his body's failing him right when he doesn't need it to be. Definitely. And P P and I I think has still got an awful lot to offer. Yeah. Gibson has he showed that, didn't he, in, in the past couple of months when he was involved. Yeah. But, Pina, I think we miss him terribly. We do. And, um, I has, think we need to be more cut, like you say, cover. We need to be more ruthless in the summer. I think you know we're at a crossroads now. Uh, at least let, let let don't carry on this malaise of keeping players who are going to play six, seven games all season. We need we need a clear slate. I think more than ever. Well, Martinez is. He's talking about Hibbert and McGeady. He also said he was very happy with Tim Howard, which he's not going to come out and say he's unhappy with Tim Howard. No. These are the things, Mark. To me, Tim Howard, Aidan McGeady, Tony Hibbert, there'd be three names who I'd be looking to sort of get rid of. Yeah. Maybe, you know, I'm not saying there'd be teams queuing up to sign them, but Hibbert, yeah, you maybe would want to stay on as a coach. But look, looking down yeah. the line, Distan, Alcaraz, um, you know, Aruna Kone, Gibson, who else? You know. Christian Atu, I mean, what the hell's happened to him? Where's he gone? You'd like to say we can have a shutout of six, seven players and sign Garbutt up to a new deal, tie John Stones down to a new yeah. deal and bring in players around them, but this is Everton we're talking about. And the, what, what's happened is, I'm not getting into anything, but the, the sort of lack of investment over the years in the squad has meant a complete over-reliance on these players. You know, I think, the, to, to say, you know, for me... The likes of Osmond, and it's not a popular view, I know that, but you know, a lot of people think he should have maybe been told six years ago, you know, and we're still looking at the possibility of going into the 2015-16 season with him in the team. It's, you know, this should have been done gradually, but now it looks like we need a complete overhaul because we've got, I don't know, more dead wood than a lock cabin resort. I'm just mad at what's going on there. <laughs> just, it's, it does um, look like the revolving door is needed, but this should have been done gradually. But then again, not, yeah, that's know. it. So even if you do have an overhaul, you bring new players in, fresh blood. Yeah. It might take them 18 months to settle. So you'd have another season, that's another write-off. So I, was, I completely yeah. agree, Mark. It should be done as a transition. You know, I don't know. You, I would sooner a season, another season of nothing if, it, if I knew that we were going in the right direction. You know, we yeah. had players in who we could build a team around, but now you look around, it's just like our job men and coming in and doing a bit and then going out and then it's like there's no... You're picking up 40 grand a week. You're picking up 40, 50 grand a week in some cases, yeah. It's just, there's no dynamic, there's no dynamism in the, t- you know, in the squad. We need, we need a swill of water to the face if I can think, can't think of a better analogy than that. Like you after uh, Aston Villa? Yes, I needed an hangover. I think I needed a slap after the Villa game. I was a bit of a. I think the players <laughs> needed a slap after the Villa game. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a couple of other things, Mark. Um, yeah. Obviously, a few any other business pointers. Um, this is last, but not by no means least. Uh, no. Sir Philip Carter passed away recently. Yeah. Obviously, 
the United game, if we would have talked after that, we, we would have mentioned it straight away because we had the minute silence for that. Yeah. Um, which was probably rudely interrupted by a few. I think it was United fans on the concourse who maybe didn't realise. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. maybe doing them a favour by saying that. I could be wrong because I don't sit in the park end. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, no. they're irrelevant to, to Philip Carter. Um, obviously, he was massive to Everton Football Club. He yeah. was the current life president and former chairman, and he died at 87 after a short illness. Uh, very sad, Mark. Incredible. Yeah, really sad. You know, he's the chairman when we had our greatest ever team. He was, you know, it's a team effort, isn't it? Really, from from top to bottom, when when these teams get put together, and he was part of, you know, arguably our greatest ever period as a, as a club you know really sad he was obviously you know devoted to Everton Football Club really passionate about the club really you know kept up appearances didn't he and you know it's really sad to, to, to hear about that and you know thoughts well to his family certainly definitely well condolences to his family from us yeah I think it, it, it speaks volumes the way the players the former players the staff the manager all spoke about yeah Philip Carter and people the people of Liverpool in general um, Absolutely, it should show how highly regarded he was, and a, a, true, a truly um, a man who was very much Everton, an iconic like, like, Everton yeah. man, really, wasn't he? You know, yeah. You and we we do have icons, and yeah. he, he was definitely one of them. It, to me, it's like your Bones and your Hicksons. It's men who you associate with the club. Yeah, obviously the they're players as well. Yeah, yeah. It um, it was sad, but I think uh, the performance against Manchester United. Done him justice, and uh, he would have been proud of it. He said he would have been cheering. Absolutely. Another thing, um, just about the history of Everton as well, is um, on this day, Mark, nineteen twenty-eight. Yeah. I only read this today, and I thought we've got it included. Yeah, this is fascinating. Dixie Dean scored a sixtieth goal on May the fifth, nineteen twenty-eight. I wasn't there personally. No. Um, but I do know someone who was, and I just wanted to mention my granddad Pat, who. Unfortunately, when I spoke to him about this, I, I didn't even know what a podcast was. Otherwise, <laughs> I would have loved to have recorded, played the conversation I had. Funny enough, he lived in Roncorn, um, and obviously he died a couple of years ago now. But I always class him as the biggest Evertonian I'll ever know. And whenever yeah. I saw him, even when he was on his deathbed, he was laughing at Liverpool because he'd sack Kenny Dalglish. And things like that will always <laughs> stick with me. But he, he he sat and I sat in his home one afternoon and I made notes of which I've got somewhere. I did write an article about it where he, he reeled off the, the FA Cup winning side against Sheffield Wednesday, nineteen thirty three was that Mark? It was. You were around no, then, uh, wasn't Sheffield it? Wednesday was sixty. Is that when you were born? Yeah. I was, yeah. yeah. Sixty six I, I was yeah. moaning back then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but these are the things like obviously my granddad was was a, a lad back then, he was he was a man, but uh, when Dixie Dean scored his 60th goal, 1928, he was he was obviously much younger, but he was there at Goodison Park on that afternoon, and he, he described the feeling, I can only imagine what it was like at Goodison Park in them days, but reading about it just it makes the hairs on your neck stand up, doesn't it, Mark? It does, yeah, I mean, you know, these are the moments that sort of define our football club, aren't they? You know, I remember my grand. Granddad, that was the year he was born, so he didn't, you know, he, was, he didn't see, he didn't see Dixie, but he, he, you know, it's just moments like that, you know, sixty league goals in a season, that's ever, never ever going to be beaten, and that's, you know, that's why we're such moments like that, and players like Dixie Dean are, are you know, why Everton Football Club is, is, you know, should be one of the world's biggest clubs, you know, it's just, it's a pity we're not now. 
Vincent actually needs pubbing, Shasta, and still there. He's still there. Yeah. He's not there, but he's there. <laughs> it would have been possible to you know, send the scouts down and get him yeah, back. Yeah, with someone like that. But, but you, sorry, it's yeah. not my man. No, it's okay. I was just saying, you know, it starts with. It starts with sort of Ted Segar and Dean and, and, and them sort of type of players, doesn't it? You know, and, and yeah. that's how you know we come to support the team that we that we do. Well, that's what my granddad was another. He mentioned Ted Sega. Yeah. On numerous occasions there was there was his, the players who he used to mention, and my granddad used to have his pipe and his and his whiskey, and he'd sit there for hours talking about Everton. And I used to meet him, yeah. and we used to watch the modern day Everton. And from what I see now to what he saw as a boy is just. Unimaginable, really, and that today was nice that we can actually mention that Absolutely. because it's really relevant and it's the anniversary. We've, we've had a lot of anniversaries of recent things, haven't we? We have, and, and to be honest, a lot of them are attending now to really hurt a little bit, to be honest, more than there's no pride attached to them anymore. There's a you know, I, I do honestly feel there's a growing sense of, of, of frustration and, and pain now of what's going on, you know. I've said it before, you're nothing without hope and I don't I really think Everton needs to get back to being in a position where where the fans can hope one day we can get back because like you say, it's driving everybody insane, the sort of non entityness of what's going Sen- on. Yeah, everything. it's all sentiments and Yeah. The I- the twenty eight you know, we won sorry man, we won the league uh, twenty eight years ago, I think, wasn't it, the other day? And, and obviously it's coming up to the twenty year anniversary to the last silverware. Yeah, and that's the big one. Yeah. That's that's any trophy. That's not just the league. That's you know any trophies. It's frightening to think nineteen-year-old lads have never seen Everton win anything. It's so, scary, really. And we, as is. much as we can talk about old times and um, memories, it's like when are we going to create memories again? When sort is that? Yes. Am, am I always going to be reliving a, a night when we got beat on penalties by Fiorentina? Yeah, when I look back on my son and now I'm gonna have to think, you know, I have to think really hard about when we beat United one none in the cup, I was fifteen, you know, I was didn't I just thought when we won the game, I thought oh, there'll be more of this, we'll win the league next season, we'll sign we'll sign Chloe one and that'll be it and yeah. <laughs> you know, the likes of that. But it was um, you just took it totally for granted. Had I known I was probably eating the television that day, had I known what was gonna come in the next twenty years, you know, it's 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 just you just want that hope that one day we'll get back there, and, and that's what you know is is the underlying frustration I think with Evertonians. We just you know we're just doing nothing, and there's there's nothing. You don't else. want it. You don't want a, a summer where the manager's talking up, um, washed up professionals no. because he thinks they're really. I've no. got tremendous character around Finch Farm. You don't want a season where a couple of players depart, a couple of half no. players. You like see your Morales's you know, yeah. people sniffing around stones, McCarthy, Barkley, Lukaku for that matter. Yeah. You don't it's it's like where are we gonna go? We're just gonna keep finding ourselves in this position. And even if we have a better season next season and we go for sixth and fifth, when are we ever gonna reach for the top? And obviously the sky big four, well say big six, yeah. Have a, a massive part to play in that now in the rest of the league. But um, we we've just always been because <laughs> Got used to be coming sort of punching above our weight, haven't we, in the past few years? Which, you know, given our history, and I know we shouldn't use... Well, we should, actually. History is a very good argument for for, for, for better in the future. But it's just now serving as a bit of a pain. It's starting to cut a little bit deep, all these anniversaries, because they haven't happened hardly in my lifetime. You know, I don't want my son, and likewise, you know, for everyone's kids out there, you want to grow up as Evertonians... You know, you, you want you want to have nights where you think, oh, what was that like, Dad? The way I asked my uncle about Bayern Munich, I want my lad to ask me, 
about what was it like when we beat, you know. Yeah. You know. It's like we want to make history again. <coughs> yeah. Um, and obviously the things going on off the pitch are very much a hot topic at the moment, Mark, but we're yeah. going to speak again about that in the next couple of weeks. We will. Um, we've covered an awful lot there. The other thing about um, modern day football as well is uh, the play, we should mention that Everton are actually subsidising the West Ham ticket places. Fantastic touch from the players, definitely. It shows, you know, why we're a great club and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think there's a lot going on with that at the moment, Mark. Yeah. Um, we're nowhere near experts, we're not involved in any sort of protest groups, but no. fair play to um, the likes of the Blue Union, um, yeah. the FSF, um, the Spirit of Shankly. The twenties yeah. plenty campaign. There's a lot going on. There seems to be an awful lot, and people are a bit naive and they say, "Well, you know, you've bought your ticket, so the club are getting the money anyway." But it, that's yeah. That, but that's just half of the problem. It's it's looking at a televised game where there's hardly any bums in that away end or in yeah. that home end, and the media um, sort of attention. The Newcastle game got against Spurs. The Liverpool yeah. game got against Hull. I I, comp- I completely. I, I I admire anyone for doing that. Absolutely, and I and it's it's standing up oh. for what the for, for what they're proud of. Some people aren't asked about it, and they'll say if, if I can afford to go to the match, I'll go. But yeah. for, uh, they're doing it for the greater good of the game and sort of bringing the 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 um, the, the feel the personal yeah. people feel back to football. You know what right. I mean? Well, the way a man's getting forced out, isn't it? You know, if a, if a fella's got two kids and he's trying to, he's looking at two hundred quid now minimum. You know, not, not everyone has that amount of money to go to the match with, so it becomes, you know, you want to go to the match, it's your passion, you know, it's certainly my passion, but I can't afford to go, you know, as much as I'd like to, because it takes up an awful lot of your money, you yeah. know, just going to one game. Yeah. So it's like, you know, certainly when you, you walk out of Villa and you think, what is the point? I've just spent an absolute fortune here today. Yeah. I know that's nothing to do with, with that, but it's like, I just think the football, you know, with the, with the TV money, they should use it. So to get this sort of atmosphere back, and I think that's got a lot to do with working men and you know attitudes and stuff getting forced out the grounds and other people forced you know coming in. It's like co- it's like corporate and commercialised, yeah. isn't it? And just absolutely, there's no you, you take I away. I think you're losing some passion from the stands by by raising the prices of these tickets. I honestly think even something the other day, like the police are gonna uh, breathalyse football fans going into grounds and that. And I thought I know it might sound like everyone's alcoholics who go to Goodison, but. I mean, the police would have a field day there, but you well, know, know everyone likes to drink. If Everton, if Everton, if it means Everton, raw Everton on to beat Manchester United three 0 because everyone's had an extra pint. No one's causing trouble. They're going to support their team, and alcohol yeah. will always be part of that to, to a lot of people. But I, I completely agree, Matt. On that West Ham, for example, if you if you pay fifty five quid, and I think the, the the kids' tickets are about thirty five. Yeah, that's like one twenty, one thirty plus your petrol money, plus your coach money, or whatever. However, you're getting down there. And food while you're down there. Your hot dogs for seven seven pounds eighty or something that you wouldn't feed to a dog. Four quid. Yeah. yeah. So there's two ton before you've even got going, right? Yeah. But if if you're seeing that and and you're seeing the Premier League giving your club the most ridiculous amount of money ever yeah. and then you're getting performances like what Everton put in on Saturday no wonder fans are getting disgruntled and it's not just Everton it's no. fans of Liverpool Absolutely. Um, it's fans of other clubs that are up there um, you know there's been reciprocal agreements with ticket prices Man- Manchester City for example yeah. people are not happy and we could sit here and probably talk for hours about it Mark but we need to get more people who are involved I agree. in it on our podcast I to highlight it I agree, Mark. I think, you know, you have to look at society. I'm not getting into this, you know, with the general action a few days, but, but there's food, people are going to food banks. You know, this is what's going on in Britain today. So I think the Premier League, 
just need to take quite a simple view here that the country isn't doing as well as it ought to and, and you know bring prices down so, so people you know who are on low income can still, can still go to the match exactly know? because the people who are on <coughs> people who are working are going to the likes of food banks and without yeah. sounding like we're going no. into question time here exactly if you see a business that's just just booming and booming but you, but then there's, there's arguments people always say well you'll always get fans paying and you will like yeah. with some other clubs they're more of a brand than Everton so they will but yeah I don't know, I, I just think it's it's definitely worth a mention here and very relevant because Everton is subsidising the ticket prices for West Ham. I think credit where it's due, that's a great touch. You do deserve praise, yeah, and yeah. We're, you know, we're quick to slate Everton. To be no. fair, we're quick to, quick to praise them when they've done well yeah. and off the pitch in the community and that we have done, Mark. But if they do this sort of thing really good, Everton, then you can't take that away from them, absolutely. So let's let's end on a positive there. Yeah. You know, they're stepping in and doing something which is a negative because... Yeah, they shouldn't have to step in because no, of the ridiculous the price prices. Should be down already. It is. It is a good thing. Absolutely. Um, but just to finish, there's another thing going on this Friday which is relevant, and I said to Tony, would uh, give this a shout out. I'm going. You're going, Mark. Yeah. And it's going to be a great Everton night this Friday at the Holton Royal Legion. Um, in Runcorn, well, it's classed as Holt, I think. Tickets are £35 and you can get them via Tony Murrell on Twitter. Uh, it's at Murrell Tony. Um, the likes of Howard Kendall, Mark Ward, Tony Cotty, Bob Latchford, Neville Southall are going to be in attendance for the Everton Blue Heroes. Like, you're looking forward to that, Mark? Really looking forward to it. Stop, I don't do my usual starstruck face whenever I see someone who I, who I used to idolise on the pitch. I'm not, you know. But uh, yeah, it's What if Ken Wright comes out on stage? <laughs> You shit yourself. <laughs> I'll just put a hashtag in front of his face and that'll... that'll if Ken Wright's coming out, they'll, they'll put them tickets up to 40 quid, won't they? <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, we thought we'd give it a mention um, because yeah, we're both be going. Great, there's still tickets available and as I say, they've got comedians, a Buffy, raffles. They're always a brilliant night with, uh, with Tony down at the Legion. So if we go on, we'll see you there. We might yeah. even do a podcast live if, if, if it's not too noisy. Absolutely. <laughs> Look forward to it. But it'll be nice, again, we're talking about old memories here. We'll be doing plenty of that on Friday night, but hopefully in a few years' time we can have a, a bit of history ourselves, yeah. you know what I mean? And we, we've, got, we've got something to, to celebrate in the, in the modern-day era. Hopefully, Matt, that's what we've got to strive for as a club. Definitely. OK, Mark, well, we've got Sunderland on Saturday. We haven't spoke a little bit about them. Uh, we've probably gone on long enough to be honest we're not even going to preview that game here are we no let's just hope we beat them and finish in the top 10 I think yeah Sunderland are going to want to we'll probably have a lot of chances on the counter to hit them so yeah I can see having, having enough to beat Sunderland they're not the you know the best team in the league are they yeah I mean no no disrespect to Sunderland that sounded we're, incredibly vague like I have no idea what, what to say I no, think we'll beat Sunderland we're, we're, <laughs> no disrespect to them but we've, we've gone on long enough here we're yeah. not talking about them as well but um yeah, they're up next, then we've got West Ham and Spurs, so still a little Come bit to play wins. for, but I think after after what happens on Saturday, we just can't wait to get over the line now. No, we'll all be great when there's no football to stress or worry over, start growing <laughs> a few more hairs. Yeah, maybe Roberto will have to just for men and come back with a full head of hair like Paddy in Phoenix Nights <laughs> it is it's got like him yeah that would be great I think he needs another comb to be honest if he had that hair <laughs> anyway been good to speak to you Mark and you Mark thanks and, uh, we'll catch up again soon thanks for listening everyone bye now bye bye